0: Welcome along to the Make It Count podcast and we have in the past done a couple of big book reviews. So I talked about Man's Search for Meaning, Matt talked about Designing Your Life, go check them out, they're really interesting episodes. We thought today we would look at a different medium and so we're doing a film review and how that helped us make it count. And so Matt, what film are we talking about today?
1: Today we're going to be talking about one of our favorite films, Freedom Writers.
0: Yeah, I heard you say our. When did it become your favorite film? Because I know. Oh, a long time I've ago. Really, I've we've watched really it quite it a few a times,
1: and it is very impactful. One of the reasons why is it is based
0: on a true story. Yeah, I mean that that a true story of of something inspiring mm. is always more powerful to me, and we can still get amazing inspiration from fictional and uh, other types of story but the true stories, even if they're maybe a little bit embellished for the screen <laughs> yeah, might inspire me more.
1: I think so uh, because in a sense it, it grounds it more firmly in reality for us where fictional stories as you said they can be very inspiring and can be very moving but there is also that there's always that abstraction it's a different world it's different people different species even you know so you have to
0: work a little bit harder this film came out in 2007 so I think we don't even have to give a spoiler like (laughs) no (laughs) if you haven't watched it by now it's your own (laughs) fault yeah
1: but if you don't want spoilers and you want to engage in the film go and watch it yeah pause us
0: you able to do that? Uh,
1: And then come back and listen to us and go see whether you think what we have to say is of any relevance to the film
0: whatsoever. Yeah. So, uh, we, but I think it's really helpful to set the setting, set the story. And we, we had to just get artifacts right just before we checked. It was set in 1994, Long Beach, California. Yeah. And there'd recently been this voluntary integration program. Um, so in, in, in the schools in the schools. Yeah. so it's set in the school. Do you want to tell a little bit about the story that you remember?:
1: Yes, it's been, a, it's been a while since I've seen the film, but I have watched it a few times and my the way I summarize it is there's a fresh new young teacher who's coming in and come into this school and she has dreams of impacting the lives of
0: these students. She's very idealistic.
1: Yeah, in- incredibly idealistic. The school, I think I understand, uh, was a extremely well-performing school for predominantly white people, white children. And then this integration programme was brought in and then they were welcoming um, children from all sorts of the different ethnicities, the, the minorities. And that was then causing uh, lots of... You could say challenges and maybe even strife within that school. So she was coming in, I think her first teaching gig, and she was like, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to impact these kids. And predominantly, the kids that were not from white backgrounds were from more, um, what you could say, economically, uh, well, yeah, just poorer, poorer backgrounds and less inclined to take their studies seriously.
0: I mean, the impression we get about her is that she was trained as, I think, maybe a human rights lawyer. Right, and she yes. talks about how, you know, by the time these, these cases arrive in the courts, it's too, too late. late. Yeah. The battle is fought in the school. So she has this idealistic view that oh, I can preempt, I can stop it in, in the classroom by teaching and educating yeah. and all of the teachers that she's interviewed with, that she talks with, are a bit like sideways looks... She's gonna struggle, you know. She turns up first day wearing this pearl necklace that her dad gave her, and they're like, "I wouldn't wear them. Probably gonna get stolen." Yeah, that sort of idea, you know.
1: And you get this—the view from the classroom. The kids are just totally not interested, and they've been there, they've seen it, done it, and they're thinking, "She's not gonna last a week." You yeah, know, she's not gonna last two weeks.
0: It's that moment in the in the first day in front of this new class and they they almost do this moment where you can hear the thoughts of some of the students yeah that's exactly it one of the students goes i give her a week maybe two you know and then she's gone
1: and they what they've experienced is these adults come in they think they know what they're doing they think they can change us but they don't really know us Mm -hmm. they don't take the time and when it's more difficult than they think it's going to be they leave And we're stuck in the same situation.
0: And so all of the other teachers are like, hey, you know, if you stick around, you know, in two or three years time, you might get one of the better classes. Yeah. And, you know, what's going to happen is after about a term, your kids are just going to stop showing up. You know, some of them have to get three buses to get to school and they're just not going to do that. Yeah. Their lives are a mess. Uh, we, We get the impression that at that point, there were lots of riots and like quite a lot of gang warfare in the area um, between different I don't know races as it it were like
1: well, yeah or well, different gangs different which, gangs yeah.
0: yeah and that's that's like quite a, but that's quite a racial racially charged moment yes like the African Americans, Latinos and like, um, the, the whites and things like that. So that, that's the impression we're given through the film. And so a lot of the kids are just going, what happens in the classroom? It doesn't help me stay alive on the streets. Yeah. So into that setting, you've got this naive, like quite maybe sheltered teacher coming in. Everyone's like, "You've got a week." It looks, yeah, <laughs> it
1: looks like it's a train wreck in the making. But she, when she realizes this is the challenge facing her, she doesn't cower. She rises to it.
0: And I think maybe that's one of the things we're talking. This is the Make It Count podcast, and I haven't really thought about what the structure of this looks like. But we're telling the story and drawing out lessons as we like. Mm. And there was a, a stubbornness and a perseverance that came through. Yeah, Because she stuck at it. She didn't leave. That was her first win. She yeah. basically was like, even though it's hard, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And everyone said she should. Her dad, who was like, her inspiration was like, look, you're better than this school. You can do better. The teachers who are in authority and leadership over her were deliberately like difficult. The students... Didn't want to be there and didn't care, but she was so sure that she was in the right place and that mm. she could make a difference. So she was stubbornly refused to leave. And it reminded me of a quote I came across recently by Tony dungy He's like, stubbornness is only a virtue. Oh, stubbornness is a virtue when you're right. Mm. And we often think of stubbornness as like, a, oh, you're being bullheaded, you're you're wrong, you're being stubbornly like digging your feet in. But actually, it can be a virtue when you're right. Yeah, but it, uh, put and in this situation,
1: last... of course, her being in the right was I'm fighting for these kids,
0: even if they're not ready to fight for themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's something I love about this because that's a lesson for all of us to make it count. That like, and it it pre- re- re- but it requires us to be very intentional about checking whether we are right. Hmm. And what our but actually, are. there are right times to be stubborn to dig de- your heels in. And to, like you said, fight for someone else. It's not stubborn. She wasn't fighting for herself. Yeah. She was fighting on behalf of these. And there was a righteousness to that.
1: And I suppose that's probably where the students, their closed-off attitude to begin with was, because they were like, look, these teachers, they don't care about us. They're just doing a job. And they're just waiting for us to move on through the conveyor belt machine. You know? Uh, But she was different. And she really did care. And as we've said, the stubbornness, that grit was, oh, I'm going to learn how to start to impact these kids in a way that they will then be receptive.
0: And so to move the story forward, I remember this moment quite clearly. She goes to get some books for her children to read and the librarian or the head of English basically says, oh, no, you can't give these books to them They'll deface them. They'll wreck them. They'll, they'll destroy, destroy them. So, we they, can't sit trust them. so they sit on a shelf in a cupboard. The and they're like, "Oh, we can give them these kids ones that are already ripped and destroyed and defaced." And she was like, "Well, they res- they treat them like that because they know we don't trust them with this." And what I'd, if any teachers listening to that would go, "Oh, that's annoying," but you just deal with it. But what she did was she went and got another job a part-time job in the weekends i think it was in a hotel place so that she could buy books new books for the children yeah <laughs> and so the next turn rolls around and they each get this like bag of like three or four books and a notebook that are brand new and you have this moment in the classroom where they're like these are new books all the kids are like what's going on here like these are new nobody's ever given us anything new yeah, before that's crazy yeah
1: and one of the things that's interesting about all of this is because that it took sacrifice on her part. She it was she was taking out an extra job. I think she ended up taking out another job as well, at least yeah. in the film. Um, and it was causing strains in her marriage. Mm. Um, she cared so much about this that she was willing to take give give of her time and make sacrifices oh. for this. And those journals that she bought them was the start of the journey that the class went on, which comes to the name of the the book and then the the film, which was the Freedom Writers. They Mm -hmm. started writing their life effectively.
0: Their stories, their journaling, documenting their thing. And yeah, you're right. She took out a second job because what she rediscovered or what she discovered was most of them had never been out of Long Beach that's right yeah. and so she got another job so that she could pay and, and so financially make it possible that they could go on this trip outside of there yeah. and you know they went to these museums and I think it was the Holocaust museum wasn't it yeah. and yeah just this impact of challenging moments through the classroom you see these moments where yeah. she doesn't give up and I think that's the amazing thing is yeah, she took on two extra jobs so that she could help these kids get to a place where slowly they start believing that they can and it was like unorthodox so all the other teachers are like what are you doing you can't do this and she's like well I can and this is how I'm going to do it I'm going to make sure they get over that line so it's this stubbornness this belief in in them and and giving them the tools to do it and finding out the way that she can connect with them And one of the things she was like, hey, we're going to read this book because it's more relatable for you rather than this classic book that you can't figure out.
1: Yeah, that has very little direct relevance to your Mm. experience.
0: And so we talked earlier about, you know, the tensions, the racial tensions in the area Mm. and they carried through into the classroom. You have all these different tensions, this... Little cliques within it, but not just cliques. There's like headbutting, the uh, closeness to violence all the time. Yeah, and there's this moment where she puts this white line down the middle of the classroom. You've got two pe- two lines of people standing either side, and she says, "You know, who's got the you know? You get to stand on the line if it's a yes for you, and stay where you are if it's a no." it starts off with some big things, you know, who's got a two-pack album everyone like goes and everyone stands, stands takes a step forward and, and yeah. go back and some easy ones. Everyone's like, oh yeah, of course. And who knows this and who knows that? And then, you know, builds and it's a bit more tension. And then it's like, who has a, a friend or family member that's been killed in gang violence? And everyone goes and stands on this line and they look at each other and go, oh, we've all lost yeah and there was this like and is the, the film moment i don't know how this necessarily played out in the actual classroom but for me it was this really powerful moment where they're like oh yeah nobody really knows why this started but we've all lost and there's a shared loss of that and you mm. know two three four people you know and people were staying there and it's just like just say out their names now mm. and and these 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 tangible moments where that classroom went from being enemies to being a community. Yeah, it SA went from disparate shared.
1: disparate groups to we are this class.
0: Yeah, and it was, I can't remember name of the class, something, something, 28, something, 42? It was a number. Yeah. I
1: can't remember the number.
0: Yeah, I should have done that. Anyway, if you've watched it, let us know.
1: And that was definitely, certainly in the film's telling of it, a... A turning moment Mm. a turning point in the story and at that point they start to come together and on class projects and on these that they start to see the different groups starting to work with each other Mm. and not just sit in their cliques Mm. powerful
0: and so she just and i think this is one of the things that i love about it that we can get from it and there's so many more little anecdotes and the trips that they went on, but she really believed in the children that she was teaching months, maybe years before they started believing in themselves. Yeah. But she didn't just believe in it as an un, impossible expectation. Mm. You know, there was a, there was still a high expectation as well as a belief. And that's sort of some of the stuff that Tim Elmore talks about. It's not just have this high expectation and punish if you don't hit it. It's an expectation along with belief. Yeah we we see that through the film very clearly that it's like you can do this don't sell yourself short yeah you know be willing to put the work in and you can do this yeah and and she lived that because she had so many obstacles but she found ways to do that and there was mm-hmm. lots of conflict and tension in in the in the faculty of the school and in her relationships and all of these things but she worked through it and Eventually, the, the culmination was. She was like, oh, "I'm not sure I can do this anymore," but they were then fighting, <laughs> and she was like, "They were like, we can do this. Like, we're not going to take no for an answer. We're going to find a way to make this happen." Yeah, and so it's sort of like this moment where it's like, "Oh, they they've got the essence of of who she was almost and returned as, as she sowed she she beat as a result of that." Yeah,
1: and there's various different kind of victory moments in the story Mm. when they're coming up to the end of the academic year and typically the class would have a different teacher the next one so they kind of fought and they were like we want to stay with Mm. uh, with her and they ended up being able to Mm. and i think they did for a number of years or something and then at the end of the film they do the sort of credits and they go this person went on to do this that and the other and Mm. a very high proportion of them compared to the general school population went on to college and start businesses and do all of these things or go continue the work of that go and be i think uh, i think one or two of them probably went into being lawyers in order Mm -hmm. to do these sort of things so it is a case of yeah if she'd just done the normal thing some of the better performing pupils would have gone on to do stuff but all of the 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 lower performing ones would have just dropped out not been interested got more sucked into the the endless cycle uh, but she was able because of the sustained effort to draw them out and help them to start taking their own steps to change their life
0: in a different direction so and and all of that is amazing it was a great film probably one of the films i've re-watched more than other films mm. definitely for the longest it's time got. it's been my one of my favorite films because it's true and it's inspiring and it's impactful and also has great music i was going to say so it's got a nice soundtrack good, good music and um, that always helps and and so i wonder matt for you how does it help you make it count matt? when you watch that what does it do for you because i think for me it helps me and it's something we touched on earlier her cause was not for herself. Yeah. Her cause very much was like, I'm going to make a difference and help these kids capture that. Like yeah. It's for them. And that that gave her a righteousness to or a righteous fight almost that, hey, I'm not just fighting to make my job easier or to to earn a little bit m- more money. It was, oh, the the motivation was for somebody, uh, somebody else. And it was a good cause. And I for think, sure. But that that's worth doing the sacrifice for being stubborn for making sure you're right for even if those people don't believe in themselves
1: yeah i think it for me it does two things it's the remembering yeah have that perseverance in the face of troubles it can be very very easy to just when something's beating you down whatever it happens to be you just be like oh, i've tried to this many times i give up i can't be bothered (laughs) move on or just go and do something else completely so part of it is just that oh, have that grit stick at it Uh, but the other side of it is what am i doing to contribute to someone else's journey to someone else's growth to help them uh, to to change their life much of what we see in much of what you see in the 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 narratives of you know growth and personal development and business development a lot of it is is some good stuff one of the things i see so often which i partially agree with but i also partially disagree with precisely because of this is that idea of you know the people that you surround yourself you become like so Surround yourself with high performing people or the people that you want to become like. Yes. But what they also then say, is they take it another step and say, and cut out everyone that not helping you in any way. And you're going, that is extremely self-focused. That is extremely self-serving to just surround yourself with people that are drawing you up. Yes, I think you've got to be doing that partly as a, well, I've I've got to have positive inputs coming in because otherwise, if I'm just surrounding myself with people that are drags in terms of they are they are not pulling me up i'm having to try and pull them up there's more of them you will likely get pulled down and drained of all your energy so i think it's important to have people feeding in but if i'm cutting out everyone that doesn't feed into me mm. well whose life am i saying is most important mm. my own yeah. and that's extremely selfish mm. and that's not I think what any of us here listening to this podcast and being part of this community want we want to be feeding into others and so what's that balance I don't know maybe we can talk about that in another episode but it's very much like who am I serving mm. am I self-serving or am I serving others
0: mm. yeah and, and for as long as we've been doing this podcast you've always talked about that community part of it that's bigger and I've you know, I've said the same thing that it can't It's not just about you. It's not cutting off all the quote-unquote toxic people that are drainers in your life. Actually, they're sometimes the people that, they need you to show them life and believe in them the most. Yeah, and and perhaps
1: we can talk in another episode about what those look like and perhaps safe and healthy boundaries mm -hmm. in those relationships mm -hmm. in order to best benefit them whilst also keeping yourself safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, mm -hmm. I think we would both agree. Just going, I'm going to cut those people out. That's not an attitude that we would endorse. Mm.
0: And so we like this film. We think it helps us make it count. Whenever I watch it, I feel inspired to just keep going, to stick at it, Mm. you know, despite the cost. And I think that's the mark of a, a good film, probably, and a good story and a true story and something that inspires us. So I would recommend going and watching this and let us know what you think about the film. I know there's some people I know that just they don't resonate with it in the same way I do. Maybe that says something about mm. it's in alignment with my values and things. And I also know some people based in the US, they had to watch it because they were in school. Nobody wants to watch a film. They have to watch. Huh. So there's like a negative association with that as well. Interesting. Uh, whereas obviously I just stumbled, I remember where I stumbled across it, I mo- lots of people never even heard of it. Mm. And so... Anyway, this is the Make It Count podcast and it's busy, noisy and distracting out there and we hope this helped you make it count this week. See you next week.